You're listening to Innovating Smart, stories of sustainability for tomorrow's innovators. Explore all of our stories at innovatingsmart.org. What is smart? Smart is system savvy, managed intelligently, adaptive, regenerative, and trusted. These are our design principles for a sustainable world. Hi, my name is Nathaniel Glockler. I'm a cultural anthropologist, and today we'll be speaking with Nelson Hyde Chick from Vertical Landscape about sustainability and architectural design. Hello, um, my name is Nelson Hyde Chick, and I'm here today to advocate for what I call vertical landscaping. What I've done is I've, I've taken the fundamental architectural component of the load-bearing shear wall. Load-bearing shear wall is why buildings don't topple over. Every building needs one or they topple over. So I've taken, I've designed a load-bearing shear wall so it's in addition to carrying all the building's loads, can also sustain vegetation. So I create these walls of vegetation rising up in the sky to filter pollutants from the air and help reduce heat island effect, a major component of global warming. Um, I envision, you know, looking onto urban landscapes and seeing these walls of vegetation in it and, and making our urban environment a greener and healthier place for future inhabitants, for our children. And uh, that's what I'm all about. You know, one day I was, I was at a park, and it was a city park, and, you know, I love nature, and, and I'm always kind of saddened that, you know, that urbanization has to take, you know, you build a structure, and there goes nature, you know. And I say, why can't you have a composite of both? Now, having a background in architecture and structural engineering, I knew about something called a load-bearing shear wall, which is uh, something that's fundamental to every building. Every building has to have one, or they topple over. Okay. So what I've done is design a load-bearing shear wall system in addition to holding up a building's loads can also sustain vegetation so I can create these walls of vegetation rising from the sky to filter pollutants from the air and help reduce heat island effect, a major component of global warming. That's great. What, so uh, are, with the design here, you're saying that these are all in, inside walls? Interior oh, they can walls? be wherever you want or? the wall to be. It's, it's a matter of the, what the vision of the architect has. Every architect sitting at his drawing board has got to put account for a building's lateral loads, either horizontal, wind, and earthquake. He's got to build a, 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 a shear wall, put it in somewhere in the building. It can be in the interior, it can be in the outer, exterior. It, it depends on the architect's vision, and I can accommodate that vision with a wall that can also grow vegetation. Nice. And you, were, you mentioned heat island effect? Heat island effect, it's a major component of global warming. Uh, as you know, um, you know, the asphalt and, and surfaces of a city um, radiate heat. I mean, for instance, if you're in a city and you drive out to the countryside, there's going to be, depending on the time of year and whatnot, there can be as many much as a 20 degree differential, wow. city being substantially hotter. So think of cities as big kind of bubbles of heat. Mm-hmm. Now, if we reduce that by increasing vegetation in the city, mm-hmm. we can help reduce that, which in ergo is a major component of global warming. We could, you know, and we don't like global warming. We want to do something about it. It would be nice. It would be nice, you know, this, this ominous thing hanging over the, oh no, global warming, do 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 do. Kind of the, the specter in the room, you know, it seems to be addressing, at least sufficiently. No, and it, it's a scary thing, and, uh, you know, sea well level uh, rises, and, you know, and now maybe we're seeing it now with, you know, changing weather. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, you know, some people are going, you know, well, some place has a cold streak, and they go, well, it's a sign that there is no such thing. It's like, well, no, part of global warming is, is increased extreme weather, and also extreme weather, mm-hmm. and that's what we're seeing. Right. It's also, I, I would 
you know, imagine besides the benefits at uh, working against global warming, so to speak, that you have uh, benefits just with uh, quality of life. Quality of life, yes. Um, you know, uh, you know, greener people are happier. Actually, there's an interesting uh, study out of Sweden where they found that people in hospitals, if they can look out into nature through their hospital window, they heal faster and they need wow. less medicine doing so. Oh, that's great. So, you know, there is that. There's also, you know, there's a factor that vegetation filters air pollutants. Mm -hmm. And also, um, and here's one thing I'd like, I'd like to see crops grown on these walls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we don't have to truck the crops in from the countryside, that's less diesel fuel spewing into the atmosphere. Right. Local produce. Local produce, absolutely. I'd, let, I'd envision things where, you know, you have a wall of vegetation and underneath you have maybe a plaza where the farmer's markets and things like that. Hmm. That'd be great. Might be a little logistically difficult to harvest a vertical crop. Well, you know, built in the wall are systems to, you know, ascend and, and maintain them, you know, just mm -hmm. uh, similar to, you know, what they have for um, clean windows on high rises. Okay. Also, you know, I also, my favorite little thing is I like to incorporate, you know, little climbing walls for recreation too, but, you know, mm -hmm. have a whole new breed of urban rock climbers. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Is it, um, with, what other, what other sorts of uh, things do you have to take into consideration, you know, with looking at a vertical landscaping? Well, one thing, you have to pick things that won't, you know, necessarily shed as much. And then you have to, you know, for instance, even if you, you can take care of that by having netting and things like that. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, it's a living organism. Right. And, you know, any living organism is going to be more complicated and have more things to deal with than just some plain concrete wall. Right. But I see that as a plus because, um, you know, most technology now, it takes jobs away from people. I, <laughs> you start building with my product, I could actually make more jobs. Right. So it's always nice when innovation creates jobs. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't never seem that the way though, does it? Yeah, it's not, not often, huh? <laughs> it's not, oh, you know, we come up with the new technology, oh, we'll lay off, you know, these many people. Yeah, totally. So, is, has, um, have the vertical landscapes, have they been incorporated into buildings presently, or what? You know, I had some projects that were going to go up. Mm -hmm. I had this shopping center, and uh, then the economy did what it did, hmm. and building out, building has gone by the wayside right now, but I, you know, I feel that if I keep plugging at it, that someday, I, you know, yeah. I'll have it again. I'm also uh, hyping it by, for instance, right now I'm in the Buck Mr. Fuller Challenge, Okay. and I was one of the people, you go to their website, and my, my uh, project is called Life Spires, and I, I'm actually writing a new patent for this. It's in addition to a wall that can grow cops and, you know, provide space for, uh, work and living space, I also incorporate a system of cisterns in it which can be used for, you know, make rain, hold water and catch water and, you know, do things like you could have one tank for, say, aquaponics where you could be growing fish okay. and using the fish emulsions to fertilize the wall. Uh-huh, right. So, aquaponics is... It's right. cod, I love that stuff. I'm, I'm building an aquaponics system in my backyard right nice. now. I'm going to... Hopefully I'll have a crop of tilapia and spinach. I'm going for cilantro and tilapia. That sounds great. Is, um, let's see, is there much interest? I know that there's also a vertical landscape that's not on uh, load-bearing walls. Yes, which is, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a guy in 
named uh, Patrick Blanc, and he does this thing called vertical guards, and they're beautiful things. Mm -hmm. um, his, his advantage over mine is that he can go into existing walls, but he can do that because it's very lightweight because he doesn't use, he only uses plants that can grow aeroponically. Right. There's no soil, they, he, the plants grow in mesh, and you know you sprinkle you know, with nozzles in the back, and, and he, but there's hardly, his palette of vegetation is very limited. Mm -hmm. You can't have woody plants, very few herbaceous plants, there's only a few herbaceous plants. You probably limit your selection of local plants yeah. too. Yeah, exactly. In fact, most of his plants are tropical. In fact, he's got one installation in Paris where he had actually put heating wood cell, heating coils in the wall to keep the plants. Wow. <laughs> Which is kind of, you know, yeah. misses the mark to my mind. Yeah. But what I've tried to do is make a wall that can grow anything. I mean, you know, I can grow a wall of you know, trees if I wanted to. I mean, it would take more concrete, it would take more rebar, mm -hmm. but um, the funny thing is uh, the adaptability of, of plants and trees are wonderful. I'll give you a story. Okay. I had this uncle, and uh, he loved bonsai. He loved, and what he used to do is roam the Sierra looking for trees that grew between rocks mm -hmm. and were stunted because the roots couldn't grow. Okay. So one day he finds this redwood tree, and it was about ten, but no, about six foot tall. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can't just pull it out at once or you'll traumatize it because you, you, you take one side and put some plastic and then you come back the next year and take the other side and then you transplant and you have a like, bonsai. So he did one side. And then he, that, but the other side of the tree was hanging over a cliff. So he got his, uh, his most um, daredevil ne nephew, which happened to be me, to hang off a rope to get the other side. <laughs> so I, I, I did it and it was a big celebration. He had his tree and he died. And because I did that, he, I inherited the tree, wow. and I love that tree. And one year, I was out of the country for a year, and I, uh, I gave it to someone to take care of who was an idiot. And he stuck it in a corner, got no light, got no water for a year. It died. Hmm. I'm brokenhearted. This six-foot redwood tree that you know was passed down from my you know uncle is now dead. And, but I'm being the inquisitive kind of guy, I decided, well, let's cut it open and see how old this sucker is. I got it on. I cut it. I counted 212 rings. Wow. That thing was it, was, it was a redwood tree, it was six foot tall, it was 212 years old. Amazing. I know, and that just shows you the adaptability of plants. If you just nurture them, give them what they need, mm -hmm. you can grow great things. That's true. With uh, looking at this innovation and thinking about um, some of the benefits, I imagine there's also some risks that you had to take, or, uh, <laughs> no? Yes, of course there is. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, people hanging over the sides of buildings, yeah, that's gonna be risky, but you know. Yeah. You know, what can I say about that? Uh, the bigger the gamble, the bigger the payoff, or the bigger you eat it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm willing to take the chance. Um, I'm personally not afraid of heights, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I currently fly hang gliders, so I'm, I'm not really, you know, I dig them. Nice. Just you know, and, and, and heights are okay, mm -hmm. you know. And do you build the walls yourself, or have you built any? I built a prototype wall that's a couple stories tall. Okay. And uh, you know, it's, it's but no, I haven't. At this point, you know, I've experimented with mm -hmm. different plants, and you know, I've written patents, and. Um, mm -hmm. What is the scale of construction that you're? I want to go. Aiming? You know, I think I can go fifty stories with this. Wow. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, riding the concrete, working out the, the structural loads, 
and uh, you know, doing it. You just have to, I'm looking for the, some, someone with the vision mm -hmm. that's willing, you know, a developer or whatnot, that has a vision that sees that this will be something beneficial and, you know, help me. You know, the sad thing is if, you know, if I was a, you know, wealthy guy, I'd, I'd, I'd just end up blowing up all my money doing this myself. <laughs> Is it, is it something that you would need to do from the ground up, or can yes. you retrofit? No, see, that's, that's the advantage of Mr. Blank's thing. He can do retrofits. Uh, because this is adapted for all types of vegetation, it's mm -hmm. new construction only. Okay. I mean, I could go an old building, but I have to build a wall in front of it, and, you know, it, it doesn't work well with retrofits, no. Right. Okay. Um, let's see. Looking at, I guess you're saying uh, it's the load bearing, the shear walls yeah. that you're using, um, was there a new design technique that you had to develop or how, how did you uh, work this structurally? Um, you know, I just you know, studied my, my structural engineering and I figured out how to do it and mm -hmm. I just did it. There, there's certain basics you have to load and is how to, basically, the, okay, let's look at a comparable thing. Okay. Green roofs. Mm -hmm. All right, now they're beautiful and whatnot, but if you've ever been to a green roof, you notice it's all, you know, ground cover. Okay. And the reason being is, is because the farther you get out from the wall, the load kind of goes exponential. It's kind of like, you know. So what, what happens, if you put the load on the wall, you can carry a greater load. Your roof would start to sag. Yeah, it's start to sag or roll over. See, the biggest problem with, with structural is, is rolling over. Okay. So, you know, so that's why, and also, so with green roof, you have that problem, that's why they have the ground cover, but if you trans transfer the load right to the, where the load is, center line it, on a wall you can carry greater load, that's why I can do trees where they can, you know, can only do ground covers. Mm -hmm. Another couple of benefits to uh, a vertical landscape over a green roof is that, you know, unless you're above a green roof, you can't see it. You know, vertical landscape, you can, you know, if you say you're a corporate headquarters, you want to portray a green image, if you have a frame in your entrance, it'd be right there for you, for the, you know, people to see. With the doorway inside. Yeah. Um, and on another thing is, and this is one I really like, a couple things I like, with a green roof, it springs a leak. It's a, it's a pain. You know, you gotta pull it up, you gotta find the leak. Mm -hmm. You know, with, if I put the walls on the wall, I can just have a catch basin below and make mean for the water to catch it. Okay. And now here's the, here's the funnest thing I like about it, a vertical landscape versus a green roof, is by where you orient the wall to the sun, you can create microclimates. For instance, let's say you're an architect and you have a, a project that's going up in Phoenix. And I say, well, you know, if we face this wall to the southeast, you know, we get the mild morning sun, we're shielded from the harsh afternoon sun, and you'd be able to grow crops that, you know, or vegetation that wouldn't normally be set good, good for Phoenix. Okay. Because you know, now you've shielded from the artificial, uh, from the harsh afternoon sun. Mm -hmm. Another example would be, imagine if you're sitting on your balcony and you're enjoying a breakfast of blueberry muffins and coffee and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and on one side of your balcony is a, a vegetated wall, you know, and there's butterflies floating by and you can breathe in and smell jasmine. Mm -hmm. Now, on the other side of your balcony over here is a glass curtain wall. Now, beyond that glass curtain wall, it's January in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just kind of indoor, you know, greenhouse. Like a greenhouse. Yeah, except on a vertical, kind of a greenhouse put on its end. Okay. And you were, you mentioned uh, butterflies, and butterflies. I imagine, you know, uh, I'm a big promote, 
excuse me, a proponent of uh, local landscaping where you use locally appropriate trees and uh, flowers. I imagine it would be a great habitat for local birds and bees and butterflies and... That's what I'm hoping. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah, why didn't I bring that up? Or I should, you know, that's another thing is, um, you know, as you know, you know, flyways for, for birds, mm -hmm. you know, they're broken up by urban habitats, you know, it's like, you know, you gotta fly. If they had, like, rest stops in the middle of cities, you know, mm -hmm. vertical landscape could be, you know, stops for migrating birds and things like that. Insects, everything. Yeah. Now, and that's also another uh, problem that might come arise is, I mean, there's some people that, you know, they might have, up, say, an apartment building and they have this vertical landscape and they go, ooh, little creepy crawlies or something like that. It's like, you know, all I can say to that is that we are part of nature and we've got to start, you know, put, living with it instead of trying to extinguish it, thinking right. it's something we're a part of, we're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the sooner we get you know, closer to that than where we are now, the better off we'll be. Yeah, be nice. Uh, I could, I could see where it might be an issue if people have, uh, I guess, invasive species. Oh yeah, invasive species. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what I can say, I'm gonna, we're gonna have to hire those vertical landscape gardeners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a whole new industry starting up. See, I. This is what I'm telling. You, this is what I love about. It. I could actually make jobs. How many things, new technologies, just, you know, takes jobs away? It's true. A, a number of them. I think a lot of, a lot of new, uh, well, I think outside of the mechanical realm, right. where a lot of the innovation is happening, I think jobs are being created, but a lot of times they're very specialized niches, which is not necessarily a problem. If you, for the people who've gone out and get an education and learned that skill, yes. Unfortunately, we talked about that before with the camera about, you know, like the whole felon thing and how <laughs> high fertility rate. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is, you know, I don't know, now we're getting off the topic. It's okay. Um, but I guess to come back to uh, the vertical landscaping, uh, you mentioned at least one, one potential issue would which is not very serious, is if there's a leak, you know, and how you deal with that. Are there other sorts of um, considerations? What, what sorts of design ideas did you structure in to, um, I would guess, mitigate risk or to look at the potential? You know, a living system's very complicated and there's right. a lot of different things that can go wrong. Well, what I've done is, is made the wall very adaptable. For instance, when it initially goes up, it would look like a giant cheese grade. And basically what would this allow me to do is to put drainage and irrigation wherever I wanted or put places where I want to put you know, lines for fertilizer or anything I want. So, you know, it'd be like, a, for instance, uh, remember those old switchboard where, you know, the, the telephone put, operator? Yeah. So, you know, you could say this plant is not, it's getting, you know, it, the roots are getting too wet and it's, you know, kind of drowning. You just, you know, lower the, you know, Increase the drainage in that spot, uh -huh. and, you know, and and it's something that had to go as you go. Right. You know, we learn as we go. I mean, that's why we need for vertical landscape gardener because you know, it's a living thing. It's you, it's you're you're never going to ever get it perfect the first time. Right. You know, plant the wall, boom, it's done. No. Yeah, and most plants don't live two hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. so you know, 
we're going to have vertical landscape gardeners. You know, so it's, it's going to be an equal. It would be a fun profession. I mean, your job you, you're going to have to be good with you know climbing. You're going to have to be good with plants. You know, you're going to have to belay down from the top. Yes, or? and there'd be uh, I, I've uh, working on a patent for a system that you know which, with a controller where you can you know, pull yourself up, pull yourself out, and then you know mm -hmm. systems to. Uh, bring down vegetation as you go. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole bunch of technology. Like the window washer. Yeah, lights. exactly. A little bit more, not as, you know, not a flat platform, but basically more of a boxing chair thing where you're sitting all okay. by yourself. Okay. I see. Um, let's see. Are there other, uh, I guess, collaborations that help facilitate this idea? Like, um, yeah. Other people you worked with, or other oh yeah, I've worked. You know, I'm currently working with a, a Dr. Despanier. Mm -hmm. um, he's out of Columbia University. He's an advocate of this thing called vertical farming. Okay. And we're actually working on a grant together, uh -huh. an SBRI, SBRI, Small Business Innovation Research Grant. Okay. And um, I have another business partner who's working with me, but uh, I don't know. He might be moving back back to France soon. So I'm always looking for people to come aboard, and you know can see my vision and who would like to see this happen. Yeah, sounds like an exciting proposal. Yeah, yeah. you want to come board? <laughs> well, maybe, could be. Uh, I'm looking for good people. Yeah, well maybe we can talk about that afterwards. Or All right. Could be, could be exciting. Um, uh, how are you with heights? With heights? I'm pretty good. All right, well then maybe, maybe you could be a vertical <laughs> landscape gardener. Yeah, yeah. The new, my new uh, profession. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of satisfaction to um, growing. I've you know, been growing things all my life. I was raised in up north in a small rural community called Ukiah. And, okay. You know, I know what it is to farm and you know mm -hmm. work with the soil. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of satisfaction to you know germinating that seed, little, little thing popping up, and then you know, feeding really it water, is. and then it's like a few months go by, and oh boy, I've got some Brussels sprouts, or oh boy, I've got some peppers. Yeah, that could be another another added benefit for people in that environment to just, I think, being more in tune with the cycle of things blooming and growing and dying and, you know, to see that, to have it more present in the day-to-day -day reality, as opposed to the out there of the park or the wilderness or... Yeah, I mean, you know, I think this is a problem with mankind in general and we've gotten away from nature. Yeah. I mean, and, you know... And it shows itself in some really scary things. I mean, you know, our food system and, you know, you know, the dependence on, you know, herbicides and pesticides and whatnot, and these things are coming back to us, and, oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, uh, It builds up, you know. And also, you know, another thing is, what's really sad about, you know, mankind has grown, and, you know, almost every major city in this, you know, in the world was settled on some of the most prime arable land there was. They said, you know, they came along, they said, oh, here's where this river meets, you know, and this is good bottom land, let's, you know, let's make settlement here. And then we have lost so much really good arable land. Because the population grows and, and urbanization. we cover it with concrete. Yeah, exactly. It's really, yeah, that's not something I considered too much, but it's a good point. And the thing is, arable land isn't just about the soil, it's about where it's located, the climate, whatnot. And that's why, you know, I think if we start, all buildings start sprouting vertical landscape, we could get that arable land back. Mm -hmm. But what, um, what sorts of uh, scale do you think 
we would need we like to adopt a vertical landscape how uh, I guess at what scale do you think that would start actually creating a recognizable change in say the heat of the city or it's mm, interesting there well I mean for instance um, if you've ever been to Washington DC you'll notice a very green city okay and you know it, it, it's it's animated temperature is, is better than say New York so there's so the, you know I, I wouldn't I couldn't figure out what factor it would be that would be too hard to figure out it would depend on what you grow you know for instance you know you know a tree is going to lower the temperature more than say perennials <laughs> right. you know so it would matter I don't know yeah that, that's that's too there's too many Make factors to figure that one out <laughs> yeah yeah but I'll work on it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think I think even at the micro level, though, the benefits are, you know, almost too many to count. But uh, so, you know. so the so micro is good, and, and the macro catch up. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Um, let's see, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about um, you. We spoke a little bit about biomimicry. Oh, I love biomimicry. And if there's any sort of a Inspiration of biomimicry, you know, incorporating. Well, my biggest biomimicry is um, um, capillary action. You know, if you get, you know, um, things, water will go uphill. Okay. If, if, if you got the right, you know, working in, in capillary action and how it works and uh -huh. cohesion of the mesh. So that's something I've been working on, on, you know, watering the plants and whatnot in a, in a vertical landscape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, we just got a lot to learn from nature. Yeah. So. I don't know. How, I don't know how it's going to work out right quite yet, but I know it will be there. It sounds like a great project, and it'll be exciting to see how it fills out. Well, you know, and there's and there's other other factors too. I mean, for instance, you know, let's say you put a, a vertical landscape in a building, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, it's going to shed the water through the water. You know, the drainage. Mm -hmm. If you had tanks in the in the basement, you could take that water from the drainage, you know, repump it, you know, fertilize the walls. You could. You know, have um, aerobic or anaerobic, well, probably anaerobic. Uh, you could use, make, have anaerobic congestors in the basement to take the, you know, the people's, you know. Well, like human waste. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and, you know, compost that down and, you know, work with the water that drains off the water and then refertilize the wall. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these systems that can be put into place that just makes this, you know, living organism. A building, and frankly, in a way, a building is kind of a living organism now. I mean, if you consider the people and their lives and how they would, and just to make it more living, more growing, more in tune with nature, I think it would just benefit society and the individual. Yeah, I, I'm sure it would. You know, just for us to to realize more that we are, as you said, a part of nature and not apart from it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if there's any any other thoughts or remarks you'd like to leave us with. Um, let's see. No, just thank you for interviewing me. I, I hope this meets. It. I hope this um, gets out to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. We'll do our best to spread the word. Great. I appreciate your time and thank you for asking me to do this. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks to Nelson Hyde Chick for talking with us today. Visit Vertical Landscape at verticallandscape.com. I am Nathaniel Glockler. This story was produced by myself, Alex Kawashima, Natalie Forsyth, and Christopher Gonzalez, and directed by Sue Liebeck. 
Music courtesy of Triplexity, with support from Plant Trust, Preservation of Land for Agricultural Needs, Sustainovation, Business for the World We Share, Silicon Valley Innovation Associates, and Starnet, Harnessing the Power of Partnership. This has been Innovating Smart, bringing you stories of sustainability for tomorrow's innovators. Explore all of our stories at innovatingsmart.org.